Welcome to Building Charleston, a podcast where we shine a bright light on the dynamic companies changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine, and as your host each week, I'll be bringing you the most interesting business owners in the Lowcountry. We'll explore how they got to where they are, what they're working on, and what their vision is for the future of Charleston. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused exclusively on representing Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, downsizing, looking to open a new location, or opening the first office in the Charleston area, give us a call at 843-508-3038 or go to our website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Building Charleston podcast, where we take a moment each week to meet the leaders changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine. We're recording on April 12th, 2019. Today, we are lucky to have a business owner and a leader in the Charleston area who is literally and figuratively kicking butt down here in the low country. Today's guest is Donovan Ryder from Mount Pleasant Taekwondo. Donovan, welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Matt. Thanks for being here. That kicking butt intro practically wrote itself. So a little background on my interest in having Donovan joining us today on the Building Charleston podcast. When I was a kid, I watched the movie Karate Kid, and all I wanted to do was get in the gym and break some boards. We didn't have a karate gym in my town, but we did have a taekwondo studio, and my mom signed me up at Used Taekwondo on Route 44 in Avon, Connecticut. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And today, things have come full circle. My oldest son, he watches you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He sees the martial arts, and all he wants to do is get in the dojo. It was that point I started asking around, and I was introduced to Donovan. He's got a really interesting story, and I'm excited to have him on the podcast. So with any accomplished and interesting person, there's a lot to unpack. Donovan, if you wouldn't mind starting us off and telling us a little bit uh, about where you're born and raised and your experiences of Taekwondo as a younger man. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a South Carolina native. I was born in Orangeburg, South Carolina, pretty small town, and they kind of grew up on the outskirts as well. So kind of out in the country. I mean, like you said, everything really does come full circle. So I actually wanted to be a Ninja Turtle when I was a kid. And that's really, I just kept, you know, bothering my parents and bugging them and saying, hey, I want to be a Ninja Turtle. I want to get in karate. I want to get martial arts. You know, I want to just kick and punch and not get in trouble. So my parents looked around and again, being a small town, the only thing that we had there happened to be a taekwondo school, kind of at a YMCA. So that's basically what got me started into it. So, you know, I just going two times a week and then really quickly just fell in love with it and enjoyed going. I went five days a week, even as a kid. I started when I was seven years old. I earned my black belt when I was 10 years old. And um, it's funny because a lot of people think, you know, getting to the black belt is it's kind of like graduating college. Whereas, you know, it's funny because at the end of it, just like in college, it really, that's like starting your life. That's kind of the ticket to what's next. And that's really what Taekwondo did for me is once I got that black belt, it really opened my eyes to what other possibilities were out there. So, so you got your black belt when you were 10. It sounds like you still, you obviously kept going. You did Taekwondo straight through high school, right? 
I did. I did. So once I got my black belt, I really, you know, being competitive myself and my parents are also competitive as well. So I got in really into the sports side of it. So I started competing uh, pretty heavily. Um, I decided, you know, not knowing much, you know, we found out that, hey, there's state championships and then there's a U.S. national championships every year that, that changes cities throughout the country. So we decided, my dad's like, hey, let's do it. Let's have some fun with this. So we went to state championships. I, I trained my butt off before that. We went to state championships in Columbia and I was 12 years old. I ended up winning first place at state championships. So I was you know, super pumped about that. I had about three months before I went to my first national championship, uh, which happened to be held in Charlotte, North Carolina that year. So, you know, training for nationals, working my butt off, not knowing that I shouldn't win. I don't know if you call it luck or hard work, but went to nationals and actually won my first U.S. national championships when I was 12 years old. Wow. And that opened up some really interesting doors for you because after you graduated from high school, you took a a pretty interesting path as it pertains to the military and the world-class athlete program. Tell us a little bit about how that came about. Yeah, absolutely. So I kept competing, just like you said, through high school, you know, bigger competitions, better competitions. Uh, By the time I graduated high school, I had been to Korea, Belgium, Germany, Aruba, Puerto Rico. I was traveling all over and um, competing. So it was a lot of fun. And then I, you know, I realized that the world-class athlete program is in the U.S. Army and they basically reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, there's an opportunity for you. If you want to train full-time as an athlete in the military, um, you know, you still have to go to basic training. You still have to go to AIT, which is your job training. But after that, as long as you're hitting certain benchmarks and getting closer to making the Olympic team, you know, you can be a full-time, basically a soldier athlete in the U.S. Army. So that really piqued my interest in high school. And my dad was retired military as well. So at that point, you know, we kind of collectively made a decision as a family that I was going to graduate early from high school and train full time and move out to Colorado. Wow. And how long were you in Colorado for? I ended up in Colorado right at seven and a half years. Okay. And it sounds like you kept hitting a lot of those benchmarks. You got really, really close to making it really all the way. Tell us, I guess, how close you got and what happened when you got close. Yeah. So like I said, I was out there for about seven and a half years. And, and, you know, over time, there's obviously highs and lows. But, you know, for the most part, I was hitting my benchmarks. And towards the end of my career in 2010, I was really peaking at that point as an athlete. And honestly, as a person, I graduated college in 2010. And I ended up winning nationals that year. I won collegiate nationals. I won collegiate national team trials. I ended up actually getting voted uh, the U.S. Player of the Year for the entire United States by the Olympic Committee. So it was a great year for me. And then heading into Olympic trials, I felt confident, felt, you know, we were training and everything was right on track. But the day of Olympic trials in my third match, I ended up actually tearing my ACL and MCL in my knee, which basically ended that day for me. So, you know, it was a really tough day. Like you said, super close to getting to that lifelong goal of becoming an Olympian. But, you know, things change and it's been really good since then. How was that? moment of getting so close and all that training and you know not actually being able to, I guess, follow through on it. Has that changed you in any way? Has that made you at all who you are today in any capacity? Absolutely. You know, it changed me in the sense of for the first couple of months, it was tough, right? So I went from, you know, in a peak mental and physical state, you know, training for the Olympic trials to I'm rehabbing and trying to learn how to walk again. And it was very humbling. And after surgery, my first experience in physical therapy, they put me on a bike and said, okay, we're going to have you warm up for a couple of minutes on the bike before we start physical therapy. And I couldn't actually bend my knee enough to go around on a normal bike. And 
it was pretty heartbreaking because a week ago I was literally training for the Olympics. So it was very humbling. You know, the first, that road back was very challenging, but once I was done with the physical therapy, I decided that, you know, I was ready to move home. And I really do think it changed me for the positive because now as a business owner, I take that same level of focus and intensity. I just apply it to my classes, my business, and my passion of, you know, helping children in Charleston. That's awesome. So often, you know, the story of successful entrepreneurs is focused on, on the highlights, is, you know, on the big picture, on all the successes. And so often you talk to, you know, a business owner, anyone who's successful, and there's always that downturn. There's always that point uh, when things got rough that, that changed them, made them who they are, and, you know, helps them excel today. So it's great that you got past that. What made you move back to Charleston or what was the impetus for, for moving back to the South Carolina area? Great question. So it was interesting. So the night before Olympic trials, once I had weighed in and I was getting ready to compete the next day, my mom flew in from South Carolina to watch me compete at the Olympic trials. And that night at dinner, you know, I had been in the military at that point going on eight years and that was my contract. So basically at the end of that eight years, I could either re-up and get back in the military, which the world-class athlete program had already offered me to stay for another four years to the 2016 Olympics. And to be honest, I had been gone eight years at that point. So my mom came into town and we were having dinner and I just told her I was kind of in this dilemma of, do I re-up for four more years? Or, you know, I've just kind of been gone for eight years. I kind of want to come home. And she was like, well, you know, do you want to quit the peak of your career? And that's what I told her. I felt kind of foolish even thinking about taking a break right now because I'd been at the peak of my career training for this big competition. And she just basically said, you know, think about it and, you know, compete tomorrow. Don't worry about it something will happen and you'll just know what's the right thing to do. And it's interesting because about 12 hours later, I tore my knee to pieces. And at that point, it was just kind of known that I think this is time for me to to retire and move on back home. So you moved back to to Charleston. You started the next phase of your life. You've been very successful in in opening multiple gyms, even before your Taekwondo studios. Tell us about the first gyms that you opened up when you got to the Charleston area. Yeah. So the first gym I opened was actually CrossFit Frequency. And that was back in 2012, really kind of the, you know, right at the the cusp, the peak of that CrossFit kind of craze. And it was a great experience. The CrossFit gym is still open. It's now called Frequency Fitness. My business partner, Jeremy, runs that and they're doing a wonderful job over there. But it was very eye-opening because I basically went from being an athlete and my mindset was I enjoy training. I enjoy working out. These are things that I'm good at. So let me help, you know, other people achieve those goals as well. So I jumped right in, but to be fair, I've never owned a business. I'd never even worked in a gym before opening this gym. So, you know, it was a very fast learning curve. So just basically went all in, you know, just the same story that most entrepreneurs will tell you, getting to the the office at 5 a.m., leaving at 9 p.m. every day. You know, it was quite the journey, but I dove head in. My father has a good line. The, the, the great thing about being an entrepreneur and a business owner is you get to choose any 18 hours a day that you get to work and that you want to work, <laughs> which is very true. And it, it sounds like you, you're, you're living that mantra. I've got a lot, a lot of clients who are, you know, who own their own, you know, fitness concepts. I have a lot of companies that are growing. Do you have any tips for them on how to scale their membership or how you scale your business? Absolutely. I would say just be genuine, you know, be yourself. I think when we get caught up in sales scripts or what we should be saying or what we should be doing, I think that's when it comes off as, um, you know, not authentic. I think being yourself, like I said, I love Taekwondo. I love fitness. I love working out. And I really believe that when I'm talking to a potential member or prospect or even our current members, that they just kind of feel that passion through my voice and through my body language. So I would say, you know, be passionate about what you do is obviously step one. 
provide a great level of customer service to your people. Think about what I always try to think to myself, if I was in their situation, what would I want to hear right now? In the sense of, you know, if they need to cancel their membership or they need to pause their membership or anything going on, you know, how can I provide the best level of customer service to our members? Those are probably the two biggest things. I would say be passionate and just over the top customer service. Awesome. Very good advice. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about kind of ups and downs. Every business has its ups and downs, just kind of like life in general. When you're in a rut or when things are going down, do you ever just go into the gym and just break boards over and over again to blow off steam? <laughs> no, not not boards, but I will definitely uh, kick the bags. I still love to spar. So, you know, what I did for Taekwondo was sparring. So we would fight three rounds, two minutes, and then you basically, if you win that match, you move on for the day. It's, it's a little different in boxing where if you win that match that day, you move on to the next day. For Taekwondo, a normal competition, you're looking at probably six matches in one day. So it can take a toll on your body. But I just enjoy, it's really a chance for me to focus on something else. So whenever I'm having a tough day to blow off some steam, I have a couple of buddies. We'll just get into the gym. We'll pad up and we'll kind of just get after each other. And one thing I've really gotten into recently as of this past summer is surfing. So that is super calming for me. You know, it's really the opposite. When I do sparring, you know, my adrenaline is rushing and I'm just focused on what's in front of me. And on the opposite end of that spectrum, uh, surfing has been great for me because it's relaxing. It's just very calming to my soul. Awesome. Obviously, there's a lot that goes into you know martial arts and a Taekwondo studio. And being a student, I was really impressed to hear what your studio offers just kind of beyond you know the general martial arts as it pertains to kids. Tell us about your studio. Tell us the programs you know, that help the kids and some of the stuff that you provide for them after school. So yeah, we have quite a few programs at Charleston Taekwondo. And like you said, you know, earlier we spoke on, I just really wanted to provide the best level of customer service that I possibly can for our community, for our students, and especially for our parents. So not only do we have our kids' martial arts classes, we have adult martial arts classes, but the big thing that we pride ourselves on is offering convenient services for parents while you're working. So we have an after-school program that we pick the kids up from their local elementary schools in Mount Pleasant. We bring them back. They get some activities. So the first thing they do is get some of that energy out because they're stuck in class all day long. Afterwards, they're going to grab a snack because they eat super early. So we get some uh, nutrients inside of them. And then after that, they take their martial arts class every day, which includes our character development. And then from there, we're going to knock out their homework. And then they're going to do centers just like they do in school. So our goal is really to provide a one-stop shop for parents that you can pick your kid up by 5 or 6 p.m. You know, they've already done martial arts class. They've already had character development. They've got some energy out. They've had a snack and their homework's done. So so it's, it's a great program for parents. And then, you know, every time the schools are closed for like summer camps or day camps, we provide full day camps and summer camps that start at 7.30 a.m. that go to 6 p.m. So we really just want to provide something for everyone. Wow. So it's a lot more than just martial arts. The average student at your gym, all ages, what's kind of the, the makeup of a typical class at, at your school? Yeah, absolutely. So we started young as three years old and we've actually found that that's really our most popular program is our three to five year olds. We call it our little tigers program. You know, they're not focusing primarily on kicking and punching. A lot of it's coordination of colors, matching shapes, following instructions, standing in line. And the big thing that we always do that you'll hear all the time at any of our locations is, yes, I can. You'll probably hear that a hundred times. Every class is the phrase, yes, I can. So we really just want to promote that, you know, you can do anything. And I think it's really important to get that into children at an early age. Um, but a typical makeup of a class at Charleston Taekwondo, we have our three to five-year-old program specifically for them. Uh, we have our kids' classes, which are six to 12. And then our adult program starts at 13 and uh, we have, you know, up to 60 year olds in that class. Wow. Okay. 
So if, if I'm uh, a listener of this podcast and I'm listening to this, I'm thinking Donovan's talking about, sounds pretty cool. I'm interested. What's the best way to uh, engage your studio? Is it sign up online? Is it call you directly? Is it email? What's kind of the typical process for someone who's wanting to get engaged in, in what you offer? Great question. So there's a multitude of ways. Our website is martialartsmountpleasant.com. And that's a great way to get a hold of us. You can check out our schedule. You can sign up online. You can learn more about our program. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at Charleston Taekwondo. And then also our office phone number is 843-800-5020. Awesome. So I'm going to ask you one or two questions that are going to be a little bit, uh, I guess, bigger in scope. If there's one major impact that you hope that your gym has on the Charleston area. What is it? I would say the biggest thing we'd like to make an impact on in the Charleston area is creating confident leaders in our future. So meaning we want to have confident children. You know, the biggest things, like I said, you hear in our program are, yes, I can. And then we always talk about the three traits of a confident person. At Charleston Taekwondo are making clear eye contact, standing with good posture and using a clear, confident voice. So especially nowadays, kids really do deal with bullying. And it's something that it's a lot worse than even when I went to school or our parents went to school because, you know, back in the day you could get picked on or get bullied a little bit. But once you went home, you know, hopefully you went to a loving family that took care of you and you could at least shut down and, and kind of be away from that negativity for a while. But now with social media, I mean, it really is a 24 hour process. So kids are always susceptible to being bullied, but we really found that instead of trying to completely end bullying, if we can make our kids and our youth more confident in themselves, that they're going to be able to better, you know, stand up to bullies or help other people that need to stand up to bullies. So for the big things for us are creating a confident youth for tomorrow. That is awesome. You knocked that one out of the park. I don't typically brag about responses, but that was a winner. That was one of the best I've ever heard on this podcast. So let's see if you can follow it up with one more, uh, you know, kind of high level, you know, question here. You've been, you, know, you grew up in South Carolina, you moved away, you came back. I'm sure you see, you know, you saw some, you know, some growth, you know, that took place while you were gone. As you look at what's happened in the low country over the last five, 10 years, and you kind of project out over the next five to 10 years, what's your vision for Charleston? What do you see happening here? You know, I don't see any type of uh, slowing down for Charleston. It seems, I mean, it's, it's a gorgeous place. I've known even as a kid living in Orangeburg, it's a, a place that we came to on the weekends and that I really enjoyed growing up. And I think the rest of the world has now found out that we have this secret here in the low country. So uh, people are joining us. Like I said, for us, it's, you know, we want to create a better community, one black belt at a time. So if I could project on Charleston, I just would really hope that we can make an impact in Charleston as it continues to grow. That's awesome. This has been a really fantastic podcast. Thank you for being here. As I typically do at this time, I try to offer a, a pro tip to the podcast listeners. This weekend, in honor of your energy and your spirit, this week, instead of offering a pro tip, I'm going to offer a pro challenge to the listeners. For anyone out there who's listening to this, to try an athletic option. One of the athletic options that we have here in Charleston. After listening to Donovan, you may be inclined to take Taekwondo. That totally makes sense. But if that's not your thing, I get it try something else, like maybe, uh, you know, going to stretch, get some stretching done at Stretch Zone or give Method Ride a chance. This is my friend Adam at Body20. Do something like that, but get out there. You heard how Donovan tried something and it really just changed the whole arc of his life. Most of these locations are going to give you a free trial or just have something in there to kind of ease you in so you really have nothing to lose. So this week's pro tip is really just a pro challenge. Get out there and get it done before our next episode. So, 
that's the, the pro tip for this week. If you like this episode, you want to hear more, please like our podcast and subscribe because we're always publishing. Uh, we have a new episode coming out just about every week and we have a lot more exciting interviews on deck. So with that, thank you one last time to Donovan Ryder from Mount Pleasant Taekwondo. Thank you to the listeners. Go out there and make it a great day. Thanks everyone. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Lowcountry's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused exclusively on representing Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, downsizing, looking to open a new location, or opening the first office in the Charleston area, Give us a call at 843-508-3038 or go to our website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E.com.